Welcome back. Podcasting from Atlanta, this is episode two of DevBits, a podcast where we discuss and debate all things tech. I'm Natalie, a technical recruiter here at Codesmith and also the fairy godmother of chicken biscuits. Today, we're discussing the vast differences between companies' interview process for technical positions and our most positive and negative experiences. I am really interested in this next topic because I'm a technical recruiter. I obviously live in the interview space, so I have a lot of opinions here, but would love to know your all. So um, want to know, we can kind of go around the room or whoever wants to chat first, but um, what is the best and worst interview process that you went through and why? Mm. Don't say the names of the companies. <laughs> <laughs> best interview process, Mead, go. Um, well, I'll say the best, and this sounds like a shameless shill, but uh, it's Codesmith because it was the only actual development test that I took. Everything else was just purely verbal, whiteboarding. Um, to go right into the worst interview process I ever had, I had, was, uh, had asked to take a multiple choice test on like XML and all sorts of outdated, not really outdated, but... Um, older technologies yeah and things that I honestly wasn't that familiar with it was sort of outside the realm of my expertise and because it was a multiple choice test um, I apparently did pretty well on it because the recruiter this was before I'd ever had a single development job okay um, the recruiter contacted me back and was excited saying that I placed on the scale of a mid-level developer <laughs> like when can she get me in for a job and I was thinking I really don't know this stuff I just was good at guessing answers on a multiple choice test um, that's their yeah, stock that's response. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just uh, circle C for every answer? No, you do the thing where you go like A, B, C, D, uh-huh. B, C, D, A, B. Full zigzag action. <laughs> All right, Charlie, what about you? Uh, the worst one is it, it a good company, but they were like flying me there. And, uh, they flew you out to yeah, their location? Okay, so not local. And like, I was all excited and like, did like a hotel and all that and then like I realized like they had like two tests for like it was supposed to be interview okay instead it was like another code test and I had done like two already and they kept like throwing more and more code tests in it so they didn't like prep you for the process so you went out there thinking thinking that you were gonna like interview yeah and it was a test and then when I went to leave, like the owner that just like left, so I was like, oh, okay, I guess that didn't go well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, left. Uh, the best one, Codesmith was really good, but uh, one thing I liked about another uh, place was they did a FizzBuzz test, um, and they did it because they had a lot of co- college people coming in and kind of which nothing wrong with that, but they didn't have real world experience. It's just college experience. Mm-hmm. So um, FizzBuzz is kind of a, a good simple test to, to see, you know, if they've actually been involved with open source and that. So mm-hmm. that's probably the best one I've had. Yeah. I actually asked Charlie about the FizzBuzz and he explained it to me and I failed it still. <laughs> so, you know, so that was my worst interview experience asking Charlie about FizzBuzz. Okay. So I would highly recommend that test okay. to filter out unwanted. All right. Yeah, but to expound about, upon that a little bit, that's one thing I think that's so great about Codesmith test is a lot of um, sort of cliche interview questions like FizzBuzz, people will just learn them, learn the solution, and then just 
duplicated without any real understanding of what's happening. Sure. So that Codesmith's tests, on the other hand, are like actual apps that you're completing yeah. actual tasks. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. I do agree on that, the GitHub approach and like what you would really be doing in a day-to-day -day job. Right. Um, I'll cover it pretty good. Mm -hmm. So. So will one of you explain what our code test is and how we kind of administer that, like what we check for or what we look for? So we have a series of what we call tests, although they're not really tests. We're not grading you. It's not you. question one through four. Yeah, it's right. not a multiple choice. It's essentially what we give you, depending on the technologies that you're applying for, is we give you some sort of a basic app. Uh, most commonly, it's a to-do app or something along those lines. And there are specific situations that we have pre-set up of things that are broken and need to be fixed and then there's some components of the uh, the test that also just kind of need to be completed um, and again depending on what what type of skill set you're applying for some of them are more highly targeted towards the back end uh, with very little front end you know like having an API that you can add and delete tasks from and reorder tasks from versus you know more of a full stack position where you'll actually be building out some CSS on the front end and uh, doing a drag and drop interface you know we have a couple different types of situations um, and then once those are completed we have someone that is you know an expert on our team review and score I say score lightly uh, just because again we're you know we're not we're not grading it per se we're looking for things like code skills comment abilities do you do you have clean code are you using efficient uh, you know efficient methods to accomplish what you need to accomplish did you even complete the test did you miss uh, you know any steps uh, so there's a lot of different things that we look for it, it's not you know is this right or wrong? It's, right. it's more about your approach and how we gauge the skill level mm -hmm. that you're at. So at some point, this code test that we give candidates when they apply to jobs didn't exist. So what, as hiring managers, what have you all done that didn't, like what didn't work and why didn't it work? Like what other interview kind of like processes have you all tried that you decided weren't good fit? Here or other places. Here we've had the test for quite some time, so it's it's, it's built into our DNA, mm -hmm. right? So we don't have uh, another methodology we've chosen since the beginning because it's mm -hmm. been there forever. Um, Were you ever a hiring manager somewhere? Elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, no one else that I had previously worked for had code tests per se. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was generic phone interviews come in talk to somebody, whiteboard with a technical lead of some sort, um, follow that up with a, a person above them, a manager, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you got the job or not. Right. And that's general, the general flow of, of most interview processes, just because that's the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. um, but what we like to do, and what these guys have already explained, is just to go a little bit deeper, just to figure out who you are as like a coder. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what do you... Chris already mentioned, but like the, the approaches you take. And that really tells us a lot about when you get here, based on our knowledge of 
the projects we take in and, and, and our general internal process, whether or not you fit into that process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that test shows us a lot. The conversation afterwards to talk through that test that you just completed um, also says a lot to us. Mm-hmm. So we stick to it. Yeah. Awesome. And one other thing I'll add is we don't just hand out the code tests to right. anybody. We actually do, a lot of companies will test you first, but we actually interview you first. Mm-hmm. And if we feel just based on the conversation that you would be a good fit for the team and the skill level, and you can speak to the, the different technologies and learning methods and you know all those details from there, mm-hmm. that's the next step then is the test. Right. So we, we first you know want to make sure you're a good culture fit yeah. and you know you you know the industry, you know the technologies, you can talk in, talk openly about them, right. um, and then we move into is your code quality. Right, and I think, you know, since I work with candidates all day, I think being able to say that we do that and explain and show them, they appreciate that more because it's so transactional. Like the relate, the interaction is so transactional if you're just like, hey, take this code test then, if you do well, then we'll chat. Let's first, let's have a conversation. Let me get to know you, like you said, culture fit. You know, check a few things and then send them the code test. But doing that first, I feel like is, such, is so off-putting. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, so something that is brought up a lot um, when I'm interviewing candidates, um, when I say, okay, if you make it to the next round, this is, you know, we'll do a technical assessment. And they ask what that is and they generally ask, um, do I have to do like a whiteboarding session? And when I say no, it's like an immediate sense of relief. So I'm not a developer, um, so I don't understand the anxiety that comes along with a whiteboarding session. So, you know, Mead, you said that you had to do a whiteboarding session. Like what, why is that an intense thing? Because it seems like everyone kind of has a, like a, the same opinion on this. Like nobody seems to like it, a company's still incorporate that because it's asking you to perform a task that you normally do in isolation without an audience while people judge your every you know keystroke uh, so to speak with everything you write and, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have a lot of the tools at your disposal that you would typically have when you're coding you have right. Google um, anyone any developer that tells you they're not constantly googling um, is it's, not telling it's the truth. Right. <laughs> yeah. true okay so then why do you think companies still do it uh, because I think it helps understand the, the mindset of a developer. Um, so I think it maybe a good mix would be to have something like a test that CodeSmith has and then talk through it as the developer completes it. Maybe that's a happy medium. Okay. Like a blue jeans? A blue jeans session? What's a blue jeans session? Okay. Everybody can Google that after the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Um, here's the thing. It's a thing. Okay. Well, I mean, I can speak from my days of going through interviews. I, I mean, I had 10 jobs in 10 years, so plenty of whiteboard experience from my end. And, and the one thing that, you know, to kind of piggyback what Mead said is your technology is so vast even back then, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have the ability, they're not going to provide you, like, what you're going into on the whiteboard to present. Uh, You don't know what the question's going to be. Mm -hmm. Literally, it could be anything in this world in your tech stack. Mm -hmm. And because not everybody knows everything, the anxiety comes, well, I don't know the question beforehand. No idea what they're going to be asking here, but yet I'm going to be asked to perform at a level that reflects, you know, my title, 
my pay, my years of experience mm-hmm. in this profession, and they just don't align, right. right? So you have no other choice but to, as a human being, to just kind of shut down a little bit on it. Now, there are performers out there who mm-hmm. that doesn't really affect, but I, I can tell you from my experience, I've killed whiteboard sessions because they just happen to maybe ask the questions that I knew, um, but I can probably, I mean, there's probably one or two that I was just like, I had no idea because yeah. I'd never even seen that before. Right. Right. This didn't didn't exist. I couldn't. I've never seen it in Stack Overflow. But you, <laughs> you improv did that, right? Improv the heck out of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, then I, I go into kind of the pseudo code thing, right? Where okay, I don't have the answer for you that I can write up here, but I'll go and ask question to the person, uh, you know, questions back to go a little bit deeper, and then we'll get into more of a verbal rather than uh, on the board. I, I personally just don't think it's an accurate representation yeah. of what you're getting in a candidate because right. people it's not a act real world situation exactly yeah. you know we're we're not performers we're not actors or actresses our job does not entail performing in front of people so mm-hmm. making them do that live in a situation they had no prep time for uh, I think is very inaccurate and you know the majority. I'll say the majority of developers are introverted right. and so you just you you don't get to see who they are. I don't see benefits in it at all. I would much rather right. do a test or ask for real world code samples. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not code samples where, you know, people just went out and did one of those code fights websites where they t- tell you to build this kind of, you know, array and you have to build it. Like I want real world code samples. I want you to send me a piece of your app and say, this is what this one component or this one method did in a larger application. Yeah. I I think it doesn't apply anymore, to be honest, to Chris's point. I think a whiteboard session, the first thing I see when I, when I hear about a company doing whiteboard sessions, they're out of touch with the interview process. Okay. Altogether. Okay. So after someone passes for, let's talk like internally here at Codesmith. So if someone passes the code test, they pass the interview, they come in to meet with both of you all in person, what are the top two or three things that you all are looking for in that in-person interview? Sure. I, I'm just trying to get to know them at that point because I think we've, we've gone through enough of the technical at that point with the team. We've probably talked internally a good bit about what we saw in the uh, during the, the grading of the test, you know, quote unquote grading of the test. And at that point, I'm just trying to see if they're a culture fit mm-hmm. with, with us and, uh, you know, what they bring to the table, what they think they bring to the table personally, and just kind of get to know them. Okay. Um, there's a couple different things I look for when actually having a conversation. Um, one important one being, you know, someone that leads multiple developers sometimes is communication skills. It's even if it's just chat communication skills or voice communication skills, whatever they can are their best at, I want to make sure they're good. You know, they can accomplish it because, you know, when especially in an industry where you're working with a lot of foreign language people, Mm -hmm. different contractors from different countries, you already have things like time zone issues. So you don't want to add on top of that the ability of them not necessarily speaking English or being able to communicate. Um, So that's that's one of the number one things I look for. Um, And then the other one is just a general passion for development. Mm -hmm. I always look for someone that kind of 
they go home and continue to develop. Yeah. They do side projects. They contribute to open source. More than just a job. Yes, they're always learning. Um, so I think anytime someone can show that they're they're actually passionate about what they do, that's right. a very strong skill and trait right. in a developer. So I always ask, you know, what open source have you contributed to, mm-hmm. or what what personal websites or projects do you run in your free time? Right. Okay. And what does the W3C mean? That's a perfect question. W3C? Timeless. Should I start asking that question on my phone interviews? You should. That's the first one. What's the W3C? Instant screen cred. See if you can get it right now. The World Wide Web Consortium. Consortium. See, it was burned into me. Okay. I had to whiteboard that. You get it W three times. We'll get there. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so something that you all didn't mention, which I'm so fascinated about, is acceptable interview attire. Mm, so I'm great. probably the newest in the tech space out of, out of this room. Like one of my last jobs, I literally had to wear a suit jacket, like shoot me, right? And so I come to the tech space and I show up, not here, but people, like some companies you can wear shorts. Um, here we, we dress normal, but when people come in for interviews, they're dressing whatever their company allows and is comfortable with. So, like, what do you think? Like, sure. is it okay to wear a T-shirt to an interview? Absolutely not. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll go first on that. <laughs> I, I think that, um, you know, I may be a little bit more traditional or old school about that where, you know, sometimes I find myself not in the technology world when thinking about that stuff is, like, I want it to be more of a presentable thing, right? right. Showing up in a hat and a t-shirt, you, you you question a little bit about the either, you know, excitement or exuberance or whatever it may right. be, their headspace going into this on right. the, what they're trying to portray to someone like myself. It's definitely not a good first impression. It's not a great first impression. Right. But if you're a good developer, does it matter? No, ultimately it does right. not. But it, it, at the same time, if you're trying to check all, the, if you're hoping that this candidate's checking all the boxes for you, the, mm-hmm. that, that is one of them. It may be a small box, but it's right. still there, and um, you know it may go away in time that that ever occurred and it never becomes a thing mm-hmm. in anyone's mind. But okay. in that moment, you're like, ah, what in the world is that? Right. So opposite end of the spectrum. What if this has happened to me before? Someone shows up in a head-to-toe suit tie for an interview for a developer role. You don't want to go too far. Right. I, the other I, end. Right. Agreed. So I think it depends on the situation to a degree. You know, we've had candidates who have shown up in a t-shirt, mm-hmm. perfectly tasteful t-shirt, mm-hmm. and but they came over here from a job. They, right. they popped over. They had five minutes to get here on their right. lunch break. Right. And they, this is how they were. They always dressed at their other jobs. Sure. That's acceptable. Now, sure. if they come in here with, you know, a t-shirt that has curse words on it, then right. that's going to be a turnoff. Right. But at the same time, I also think a full-fledged suit for a developer position is almost trying too hard. That's right. the impression it gives me. a t-shirt defined as? Not having curse words on okay. it or, you know, Something one of many that. things. Yes, offensive content. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's strange because unless you're applying to be like a developer at a, at a bank, like dress like every, you should dress business similar. Casual. Business, business casual. casual is totally acceptable. Like I don't think people need to wear a suit. No. Um, but I also 
Uh, how do you guys feel about jeans for an interview? I think jeans are. It depends fine. on the the shirt and if they're wearing a jacket to match. You know what I mean? Right. It, it really I'm just okay depends. With jeans. Yeah. I'm fine with jeans. Just no dockers in development. Right. Said this a bunch. Cargo right. shorts. Corduroys. Like, yeah. <laughs> cargo you don't want to have the weave. No cargo belt. shorts. The weave belt. Oh my gosh. No flip flops. <laughs> no flip flops. <laughs> belt needs to have. What about tennis shoes? Must wear. Um, Sure. I mean, I'm not opposed to anything like that. Honestly, I don't look at people's feet when they're interviewing. However, we do have a policy. You must wear shoes. (laughs) So if you come in in the interview and you're not wearing shoes, you're already violating my policy. So (laughs) I just get you out of here. Okay. Does anybody have, like, a memorable interview? I do. Okay. I actually went in a suit for my first one, and it was a horrible experience. But it was awesome. How old yeah. were you? I don't know. One, I can't remember you in a suit. When I, I got out of college, I was 15. So. Don't be rude. <laughs> I, every job I've ever gone on for an interview has been in a suit. I'm that old. You are. That makes you I've done old. both. You're also not old. You're old not an old in the person. grand scheme of all of these folks interviewing. It's and with been a tie. Time. Everything. You've right. always time gone in everything. a suit. I've done every it. time. That's true. I've okay. been in it long enough that... I was right at the end of when you should wear a suit. Right. So I was the first guy to wear a suit that shouldn't have worn a suit. Like a full suit. Like, I wore a suit jacket here, but not, but with jeans. Yeah. I would know. Full dress pants, tie, button down, jacket. That's aggressive. Dress shoes. When was the last time I interviewed, though? I mean, it's been many years, but (laughs) at the same time, well, would you still (laughs) question though? Would you still do that today? No, I would not. I would probably dress down a little bit, you know, khakis, probably a sport coat, Mm -hmm. more of going out, and uh, probably a a button down, of course, and some nice dress shoes. Okay. No tie. No tie. Okay. So I guess one last thing that I think happens a lot. on the candidate side during an interview, I think a hard question to act, to answer sometimes is why are you looking to leave your current company, especially if there's like not an awesome story there. Um, so what advice would you all give? Because you don't want to sit there it, from like an interviewer's perspective, if they just start like bad talking their ex-employer or their current employer, like that doesn't look good. Um, so what is a good way to like or how do you find balance between being very honest but also not getting into like drama or gossip um, about your current situation keep it positive what did you learn Mm -hmm. Um, and just that you had a good time there and that you're looking for other opportunities Mm -hmm. and that's all you gotta say right and then shut up Coming from someone who does a lot of interviewing, uh-huh. I, I'm okay hearing about bad experiences with other right. companies as long as you're not complaining. Like, I don't want right. you to come in and complain about the job you have, but if there are legitimate concerns, like this is the specific reason I'm leaving, uh-huh. regardless of if it's a positive or negative reason, I want to know. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm open to it depending on you know what the actual reasoning is. Right. And I am because uh, a lot of times the people coming in are, I want to know the story because I know where the person who owned the company they work for. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Get that inside scoop. Yeah, for me, um, I want to know everything. So it's like if somebody starts to get a little off the professional track, I let them go there um, because that shows me a side of that person 
that's going to help me as a recruiter be able to just do I want to help this person or not and I learn more about their personality um, but also sometimes people just like need to chat and like need to get it out there a lot of people a lot of developers treat their recruiters as like therapists like they're they just need to get it out and you can be like okay thanks so much for uh, sharing that uh, on your interview let's make sure to wrap it up a little bit nicer and let's present it this way so sometimes people just need to get it out a little bit of coaching you know massage it to make it a little bit better and then it's fine so it was kind of interesting how I got this job okay share I'm not even sure if you know all the details so, so uh, I had I had originally so I got this job actually through Twitter okay <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so I was our one follower <laughs> I messaged another company okay. that was hiring uh, on Twitter. They had posted about a job, and I had messaged them and just said, hey, I was interested. I'd like to come by because they were almost within walking distance of where I lived, and so it would have been a great opportunity. And so I met with them, uh, had very informal lunch-type mm-hmm. interview, and turned out I was uh, kind of overly skilled. For what they were looking for, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I'm not trying to brag, but they. Um, Took down the whiteboard. But yeah. he, yeah, he told me that uh, you know I, I wouldn't work out for the position they had, but mm-hmm. that he was partners in another company. Okay. That had a position that was a little bit more geared towards my skill set. Which was Codesmith. Which was Codesmith, mm-hmm. um, and so he connected me with Joey, and then from there it went into more of a. Right. A formal interview okay. uh, set up. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of a interesting mm-hmm. tidbit. You know, <laughs> odd odd way to connect with a job. You know, I think yeah. I think in this day and age, there's so many job boards. You know, just sending a resume to an email address doesn't do anything anymore. You know, I've never applied to a job that I've had. Yeah. Mm-mm. We're I've getting ne- real cocky over here. Right? <laughs> no, I, well, I've never like I always reach out to the people directly. Like, I've, but I've never applied to right. the position online. Like, if I see a position that I want, I email um, whoever posted it, um, or I've gotten jobs through connections, people introducing me. But that's like my biggest piece of advice because I work with a lot of like junior developers coming out of boot camp and school, and. They're like, I applied to 50 jobs this weekend. I'm like, why? You're not going to get a call back on any of them. I'm like, message three people directly over the weekend. You're going to get at least one of them to reply, and it will at least chat with you. Um, there's, I feel like in the tech space, um, developers, recruiters, CEOs are so willing to share their story um, Everyone's so helpful, and people like people want to help people starting out in this industry get better and get exposure to certain things and meet the right people. So, um, my previous job was also kind of unorthodox. You know, I think it's it's pretty powerful to find unorthodox ways to get in the door. My previous job, I actually connected with uh, one of the three founders of the company because we shared the same last name and mm-hmm. the exact same birthday to the year. And That's so we weird. were actually curious if we were related somehow. Were you? We're not, no. Okay. <laughs> that would have been a better story. Yeah, were. but long, long that's, that's how I got in the door, you know. So that's I, cool. I think any any connection you can find mm-hmm. or any way you can stand out from the crowd right. uh, is very beneficial in this day and age because 
you know, resumes. There's people receive hundreds and sometimes thousands of resumes for jobs. Right. So you have to do something to stand Amen. out. That's what I was going to ask with your recruiter, Fu. Uh -huh. um, what What would your subject line be to get attention? Okay. So you stand out. Okay. So I use a, a few different ones, and, and again, it depends on the situation. So. If I know someone is actively looking for a position, then it doesn't have to be as creative. It can say, full stack developer opening in Atlanta. Like it can literally be just that. And I get a, a high percentage of responses if that person is looking for an opportunity. If but they're which not. One catches your eye the most. So if you get 50 in. Oh, are you, are you saying when people are replying? Oh, oh well, okay. either way. Like, what do you um, use or which one catches your eyes? Which one can they put so they guarantee they get a call back? Um, is it, hello, I'm looking for full stack? No, I think it's more of, not this is what I'm looking for, but it's more of, this is who I am, this is what I do. I would love to connect with you. I hate when I get emails that say, look at my resume and see if I'm a fit for any of your openings. I don't look at the resume. Because I don't, I don't know, I have, I don't, that's a waste of my time. They're not going to take the time to Right, see. if you won't take the time to say, it's so great to meet, like, e-meet you, whatever, um, then it's, it's, we get so many resumes in from all the different job boards. I'm connecting with people on, like, Tech 404. Um, it's, I don't need to do that. I don't need, I don't need to have that interaction. So, um, I think it's super important to say, this is what I. This is who I am as a developer. Would love to chat with you. Not do any of your openings fit my fit my um, skill set. I have no idea. I don't know what it is. You can put whatever you want on a resume, but until we chat, I have no idea what you actually do. Um. So yeah. Good awesome. Question. Mm -hmm. Can you put emojis in the email? Is that acceptable? I think yes. Okay. I think smiley faces are totally fine, but that's probably it. All right. That's all I've got. I get some. I, I got people. Can't put any winky faces. No winky or faces. On Slack up. 404, I get thumbs up. <laughs> if, if people are like, I just sent you my resume, I'll send them a thumbs up, or like vice versa. But that's it. But yeah. If you make or like a 100 character emoji, then you'll definitely get the job. A what? ASCII character. I have no idea what that is. Should I? Well, you probably won't get the job fun. because the person that's you accepting the, the resumes won't know what you're talking about. This shrug? Oh. <laughs> well, they use the QWERTY keys to de create the emoji. That sounds this is exciting. Next podcast. Okay. Next podcast. It's like a deer in How do you right emoji? emoji? Yeah, I have no idea what you guys are talking Old about. Old school emoji. It's like Old sort of pre-gooey. Yeah. Pre-gooey. Pre-gooey. So instead of having a little graphical figure, like uh -huh. you use like ones and twos and threes to create. You remember when we used to make colon oh, dash parentheses yes. for a smiley? That's what we're talking about, but okay. more elaborate. That is an ASCII. Do you yeah. all get annoyed when people do that, even when they have an iPhone, and have emojis? That drives me insane. Emojis are ASCII. ASCII. Is ASCII, that ASCII is more ASCII. hacker, and I will tell you, wait a second. What did you say? Nobody uses it? Because Vitaly uses ASCII amazing. His is so hackerish that it's like, that's awesome. No, but I'm just like the little colon and... That doesn't bug me at all. That doesn't no. bug me at all. It I drives use it. me. What? Because a lot of times I feel like it's such an old go, person thing I, to do. I don't want to go to the emoji yeah. window but and like right swipe there. through. I'm so old and tired. I can't go there. <laughs> I just His fingers hurt. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's a youngster thing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. If you put it in your code comment blocks, 
like a Pepe or something out of ASCII characters, and you're you're in. I'll put the Pepe in the ASCII comment blocks. That's what I go. got. All right. Start asking that. All right. Topic for that's your, that's your homework. Learn how to do that. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to DevBits. You can now find us on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love your feedback, so please leave us a review and let us know if you have any suggestions for a topic. Follow Codesmith on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Toodles!